0: In this episode of GP Cooler Content we're going to talk about cervical cancer and pap smears. Um, So the beach data shows that uh, attendance for pap smears constitutes about 1.1% of all GP presentations and the overall incidence of cervical cancer is 7 per 100,000 per year. Um, And the relative rate of cervical cancer in, in indigenous women is two times the amount uh, the causes of cervical cancer. So, 99 plus the vast, vast majority are caused by high-risk uh, here HPV virus, a human papilloma virus. The two most important strains of which include 16 and 18, and together these two, 16 and 18, cause 70% of all cervical cancers. In terms of the natural history of cervical cancer, so most um, HPV. Dysplasia leading to cancer is cleared by cell-mediated immunity within one to two years. It's slow going and progresses over about 10 years. If you have continued HPV infection, then the dysplasia will progress um, and most of the change occurs in the transformation zone uh, where it mostly causes SCCs. Um, So if you have uh, LSIL, so low-grade... Squamous intraepithelial lesion—that's diagnostic of an acute HPV infection. Basically, LSIL means acute HPV infection, uh, and if you get persistent infection with oncogenic, causing precancerous change, that's H- HSIL. Even though the HSIL it can return to normal, or it can persist and go on to develop uh, cervical cancer, and the duration between HSIL and cancer is normally about ten to fifteen years. So the overall risk factors for cervical cancer include HPV, sexual activity, smoking, multiparity, immunosuppression and exposure to diethyl, in utero. The symptoms of cervical cancer, if you do have it, so you haven't picked it up on screening, remember most is found during screening. Uh, the symptoms are vaginal bleeding, post bleeding, vaginal discharge, vaginal flattus, weakness, night sweats and weight loss and differentials when you have a patient uh, who presents with the symptoms above differentials you might want to consider would include PID STI vaginitis uh, the other cancers, so endometrial cancer or ovarian cancer uh, endometriosis, fibroids or even trauma Um, so in terms of the pap smear equipment uh, there's a transition a few years ago, not sure how long ago, uh, from pap smear to liquid-based cytology, and two brands are ShortPath and ThinPrep. Um, studies show that both have about 92 to 93% sensitivity rate, um, and conventional pap smear is not inferior to liquid-based cytology, um, but, you know, there are pluses and minus of each, so... The limitations of conventional Pap smears would include that it doesn't detect HPV, um, things like user experience, particularly male doctors. Uh, You can get insufficient cells, blood can be present, you can have dense inflammation, mucin or thick smears with overlapping cells. Uh, The features of examination in cervical cancer would include uh, the symptoms listed above. Uh, plus, you'd want to do, you know, general inspection, OBS, abdo exam, PV exam, and pap smear. So, in terms of investigations, if patients have symptoms or pap smear um, is, does show HSIL, you want to refer for colposcopy. So, that's if there's any symptoms of pap smear, of cervical cancer or pap smear. It shows HSIL and appropriate time frame. So, that would be within six to eight weeks. So the follow-up of HSIL is refer to colposcopy. The follow-up of LSIL is to review in one year. So the other half of cervical cancer and pap smears is, you know, general discussions of prevention. So apart from pap smears, the other methods of prevention of cervical cancer would include screening pap smears, uh, Gardasil, so the HPV vaccination, and administration through the pap smear register. Uh, so HPV uh, consists of three HPV vaccine. Sorry, consists of three injections, preferably um, in the deltoid at uh, time zero, two, and six months from the time of first administration, and it's normally offered in the first year of secondary school. With the exact age different for different states, uh, males and females over the age of fourteen can also get it, but this will have a one hundred and fifty dollar per dose out of pocket cost. Contraindications to the HPV vaccine would include yeast allergy, pregnant women, though research shows no significant effect on the fetus, bleeding diathesis or previous anaphylaxis to a vaccine or component. The HPV types that Gardasil protects against are 16 and 18, 6 and 11. So the components of a good screening program, it's worth just going over these again. Uh, so the components of a good screening program are the conditions should be an important health problem, they should be recognisable late into early symptomatic stage, the natural history of the condition should be adequately understood, there should be an accepted treatment, there should be a suitable test or exam, uh, the test should be acceptable to the population, there should be an agreed policy of whom to treat as patients. Facilities for diagnosis and treatment should be available. The cost of screening should be economically balanced and screening should be a continuing process, not once and for all project. So screening programs that meet this criteria would include breast cancer, cervical cancer and bowel cancer. Screening programs with insufficient evidence include prostate cancer and melanoma. So who should have cervical screening? So women over the age of 18 years or two years after becoming sexually active, every two years, stopping at 70 if there are two normal pap smears. Uh, And you can do pap smears over 70 if requested or if the patient has never had a pap smear. It's worthwhile remembering that there is a transition at the moment from um, pap smears to 5 yearly collection of HPV via self-swab. And that is anticipated to occur in May of... 2017. The current guidelines for this new test are that you have the HPV test every five years, it should commence at 25 years of age, an exit test between 70 and 74, and women with symptoms can have a cervical test at any age. The populations that are underscreened for pap smears would include ATSI, non-English, rural and remote, uh, lesbians and people with disabilities. The barriers to women participating in cervical cancer screening would include the test being intimate, poor access to female doctors, uncomfortable equipment, painful tests, embarrassing slash intimate, and male doctors not having equal skill. The management of cervical smear abnormalities, if you've got a patient who's immunosuppressed, is to immediately refer to colposcopy, so that would be LSIL and HSIL. Um, Would go to colposcopy if the patient had immunosuppression. The screening frequency, if the patient was exposed in utero to diethyl stilbosterol DES, are uh, annual screening and annual colposcopic examination of the cervix and vagina. Um, when should post hysterectomy women have screening? So they should continue to have pap smears if the cervix hasn't been completely removed. If there's any history of gyne malignancy or dysplasia, any exposure to diethyl, still and utero, DES, and immunosuppressed women. Uh, and you can have pap smears up to the age of 24 weeks gestation in pregnancy. The GP requirements with regards to the pap smear register are that the healthcare provider is required to inform you about the pap test register when performing a cervical test, and all women who have had pap tests are included on the register unless they choose to be removed. The PAP register system is state-based and it functions as a reminder service.